Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bedroom Producers Podcast. This is episode 50. It's a big one for us, and as such, uh, it's a pretty long episode. Lots to talk about today, so we split into two parts like we've done in the past. Um, if you've listened before, you know that it just makes it a little bit easier for us in the back end to edit, so appreciate you bearing with us here. That way we can get you more episodes, and sometimes having a little quick hour episode is, is better than hour and a half to two hours to uh, digest all at once. So appreciate you sticking along with us. Uh, if you would be so kind to leave us a five star, a follow, rate, subscribe, all all that good stuff on the Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, we would really greatly appreciate that. Can't thank you enough for the support thus far, but let's get into it. This is episode 50, part four. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Vegan Producers Podcast. And oh boy, is this a big one. Lordy, lordy, we're 50. We're, <laughs> we're 50. We're officially over the hill if we're talking to age. We freaking did it. I yeah. can't believe it. It's kind of wild. Well, congrats to us on being old. Congrats to all of you for following for this long. You know, beating the odds from the yeah. humble beginnings of claps for courage to where we are now pretty oh, crazy man. and the and the one episode we recorded that nobody ever heard yeah. that was never posted yeah the old elusive episode <laughs> i think i still probably have it or maybe no did you or i think i recorded it i don't remember but i don't know you probably have it but anyways we, pro- <laughs> we have it somewhere somewhere but. they'll probably never see the light today but anyways, yeah <laughs> eric my sir how you doing Oh, you know, um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, this week, a few of my classes got canceled. So I've just had a lot of time to kind of just like decompress and like chill for a little while. Cause good. the last few weeks have been really, really, really busy. So it's nice to kind of have a day or two where like, I don't have to worry about going to class and I can take extra time on homework and have some time to chill out and hang out. But, uh, I'm also still riding the high from the, uh, the show we went and saw over the weekend. Uh, which was fantastic, but we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, Sam, how are you? How uh, how have you been? You know, pretty uh, pretty similar here on my end. It's been uh, a busy, busy two weeks, but yeah, you know, I'm glad that it's all that busy stuff is over. Some good times in there for sure, but uh, yeah, yeah, especially this past week, and it was a uh, just a perfect storm of so much stuff going on you know right i don't know how much you can tell over the the mic today but uh my voice and like my nasal business is all nasal cavity weird <laughs> as the uh i have like really really bad seasonal allergies and every fall and spring when it changes it hits me like a bunch of bricks oof and yeah. uh, that was this week on top of Friday. I did a wedding and there was just a lot of yelling and uh, oh, yeah, you're not like yelling at people, but just like talking very loud to, you know, get things done. And then we saw a old show. So that was, you know, yeah. a lot of yammering around. So, yeah, still recovering, but, uh, you know, we're uh, we're moving steady. Yeah, I suppose let's let's talk about old show. So, I mean. <laughs> The first, uh, it's the first concert I've been in, I've been to in like 
what, almost two years? Yeah, I think I was saying to you over the weekend, this was the last show I went to before that bastard COVID came into town was with you when we saw yeah. Bonnie Vera. We saw Bonnie Vera. That was a fantastic show. That was really a good show. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I I know I said this, but if you... You probably already know because we've talked about it in previous episodes, but we saw 21 Pilots uh, in Chicago. And that is, I said it to you, I know, but that was the best show I've ever seen. Like, I know oh, people are like, oh, yeah, you're a bad son, Stan. What the heck? <laughs> like, you know, but the, the point, the, my the thing of it is like 21 Pilots, they do a concert, but like they also put on a, like a, killer show like it's just it's so awesome so you still feel that way a few days removed oh yeah 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 no that is the best overall show i've i've ever seen the set list was just full of like absolute bangers (laughs) and i love how they structured it with like you know they did a whole bunch of like loud fun stuff and then they had like that little acoustic campfire thing Mm mm-hmm that was like super cool. And then just ending off the show with some just absolute slammers. And uh, yeah, I'm just so stoked. I finally got to see them. It's been on like kind of like a, a back burner list I've had. I've been like, oh yeah, I really want to see a 21 pilot show. I really want to see a 21 pilot show, but like, it's just never, I guess I, I, I haven't really had a, a good opportunity or excuse to. And now that I've seen one, like, I'm going to make sure I see more, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you have any initial thoughts. I was going to say on, on that point, I, I always feel, I guess, uh, spoiled or like my view of concerts are, are so skewed because after seeing them, it's like no other show like really competes and it's not fair to yeah. some of these other artists because they put on great shows as well, but like the what Tournament Pilots do on the show is incredible. I mean, they really, it's, they really take it's you. stupid. Like it's stupid in the best way. Like it's, uh, I don't even. It's hard to like find the words for it, but like it's an, it's just like a, a whole experience. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's so great to. One, it was great to like hang out with you because we haven't oh, seen totally. each other in a year and a half plus. Yeah, and then go to the show, your first show of Tournament Pilots, like that was cool. But then every time I see them, excuse me, I always have this thought of like, it always seems to hit me at like right, the right time. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I needed, I needed that show, I needed that experience, um, because you know life is always just so busy. You're all just doing stuff all the time. Everything hits you, you know, you got so many things to worry about. But when that show comes, it's just like such a good time to just release and experience it and be present in the show. Yeah. And so that was, again, what it did for me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen them. I tried getting the specific number. I think that was number 13 that I've seen. That's them. nuts. And it doesn't get old by any means i've seen a bunch of these songs like they played some vessel songs which i've seen live almost every time i was gonna say probably like 13 (laughs) times (laughs) but it just doesn't get old and 
Like I find myself like all the time listening to the songs normally. And then at the show, like I know like the little nuances they do uh, in the live performance, like Josh does all these like different drum hits in the live performance versus like the studio recording. And that's just like yeah. ingrained into my brain. I know there, there was a few times where you were like, you were like air drumming the, the little <laughs> like hits that he had. And I'm like, uh, okay, that's not on the record, but you know, you just know it. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just so great. The, uh, the, the additions too of, of having Skyler, uh, Dan Garrity, Dr. Bloom, and I'm forgetting the other dude. I think his name is Zach from uh, Mute Math, like was really cool. The additions that they brought yeah just a new energy to it as well so and all of them were like super like they matched the energy of of tyler and josh too which is cool without like overshadowing them because it is a 21 pilots show and 21 pilots is josh and tyler mm -hmm. you know and so i thought it was super cool to like just how they had it structured was fantastic and when it needed to be just josh and tyler like you know for trees mm -hmm. and you know for the beginning few songs like it it i don't know it just felt right like when the when the other musicians would exit mm -hmm. or when they you know when they weren't there it was like this is it, it was on purpose like you could tell it was on purpose that these are the songs that it just needs to be the og2 and granted it, that doesn't mean the others are in the band it just means they're the touring musicians with them but like it it was it was a super nice addition and I, i'm like i appreciated having them when they were on there but the songs that they were not on stage was like yeah yeah totally agree the uh the uh old eyes are watering or sweating a couple times you know i'll say it but yeah just a, just a great show it's just it's always just good yeah. to have that release so and i For found sure. out that was the biggest show of their tour thus far let's go it was uh, sold out at the United Center in Chicago, and it was some something like twenty five thousand, I think, was the number. That's nuts. But yeah, yeah. And for and, and for everybody, I just want to say, as people go, like, oh, COVID, ah, you know, like some people just like, okay, I got tested two times. Uh, Sam, you had your vaccination card. I, I got my. my two tests the week of, cause I had to, I have to do them for work. So I got two tests the week of, and I just got a test when I got back and I'm negative. Like we're, we're out here vibing. And what was nice about the spot that we got was like, there wasn't really a bad, like standing spot in that whole place. Let's be no. honest here. Like all the floor seats were like pretty close. And like, if you're too close, like I feel like you lose some of the sound, mm -hmm. you know? And so we were, excuse me, we were far enough back that like, you could still see everything really clearly. And we got, we were like right in the middle. So we got to see the B stage or like the, when, when Tyler goes back into the, I guess it's technically a B stage. And I would say like within, we weren't within like three feet of other people, like, and masks the whole time. But like, yeah, it was, it was just fantastic. Like it was a solid experience. I, I, I had a great time. Well, good. I'm glad. And I'll, I will say I discovered that little trick, that spot that we had uh, one of the last times I saw them because I've been like in the thick of things. I've been uh, like, I guess, in seats before. Um, yeah. 
but I I really like that spot. One because you know I'm a drummer, so it's always good to see Josh and be on that side. But it is just like you're you're close enough where you can see everything, like you said. Oh yeah, the sound is perfect. You get all the visuals too from the video wall and yep. all the lights and stuff. And then it's super nice when they go to the B stage. You can get right up in there and be mm-hmm. uh, so close to them. And then like I said, we're in the clear, just uh, just vibing. It was. Great time. Really great time. Yeah. I guess the only the only downside was there's a guy behind us that spilled a beer and it got all over my leg, which kind of sucked a little bit, but that's fine. You know, oh, really? small price to pay. Yeah, there's I think there's two beers spilled behind us <laughs> because I look back and and all the at the just wet and it was like a sloppy metal. It's kind of gross, but yeah. That uh, was uh it was great. It was and it was nice too. Shout out to my dad for driving us uh big time there and back because it allowed us to to have some probably some of the most expensive beer i've ever <laughs> we've ever had they were like i feel like in the midwest well I, I guess chicago is in the midwest but like in a non-metro area or non not uh, not a huge metro area like a beer at a, a large beer at a at a game or something here is like nine bucks right like and that's expensive but like it's not terrible but these were tw- what twelve seventy five. I, it sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, dude. But I mean, I, I like uh, that didn't bother me at all because I was like, this is the first time I've been able to do something like this in two years. I saw, yeah. I, I don't care. Like, I don't care. It was, it didn't matter to me one bit that like beers were that expensive because I was just anything to have fun, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, as I'm getting older and I'm not like old, but you know, just getting older, like, I don't go out as much and in addition to the last year being stuck at home and uh, mm-hmm. me moving out here I don't have many uh I guess friends here outside of work so uh when I do have those moments to go and do something fun you know it's, it's once once a month maybe at max so like it's nice in the fact that you don't have to stress about that you know and just enjoy yeah. the one night for sure. Money, anything else. Money was not like a, a worry of mine that night. I could have spent all the rest of my money and still been happy, you know? And like I said, having a place to stay in just outside of Chicago, like a, a, a nice safe place and, and uh, a ride to and from the concert was pretty freaking sweet. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I guess uh, other than that. Yeah. Oh, and I want to mention the opener because the opener was freaking sick oh yeah half alive these guys were killer yeah and that you'll actually hear them on my at the end and what i've been listening to because i have been listening to their stuff and it like it it definitely is a little bit at 21 pilots ish but like it's just far enough away that it's not like well these guys are trying to be 21 pilots you know right but there's definitely some inspiration there but they they put on a great like a fantastic show too. Yeah, they were, it's so fun. And I was saying this at the show, like when these, uh, when openers aren't afraid to just be themselves, I've seen, you know, openers before they're just there, you know, just to play their songs, get through it and then move on. But these guys were very much like, we're going to go for it. Yeah. And, and I feel like, I think it's not necessarily like 
other bands that don't necessarily go all out are not like it's just like a lot for them like it's not probably something that they've ever done if you're being taken on a tour like that you know usually you're not uh usually not used to playing in front of that many people or playing on that big of a stage but these guys had stage presence they had Mm -hmm. like at one point they pulled out like a a see-through sheet and had two people with flashlights in the background casting shadows onto the sheet and it was just like the visuals were were super cool the music was good and they were like good musicians too the drummer was the drummer popped off he did he really did and he was wearing overalls and dad sunglasses it was (laughs) fantastic But yeah, so shout out to Half Alive. Like they were, they killed it too. We didn't, I, unfortunately, we didn't get to see the first opener, but um, yeah, yeah. Arrested Youth was the name. That was their last show of the tour. So, uh, Tyler's brother is now opening up the second half of the tour. So that's how they split. Oh, up. That's, that's the cool. very first opener. But yeah, that's pretty cool. I almost yeah. that, that that's a little bit of a bummer. I wish I'd have been able to see his brother. Yeah, I've heard some sure of his music. Be... It's uh it's pretty good actually for like just starting out. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to to possibly see if somebody has a video of it on YouTube later later on. I'm sure there will be. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was the that was kind of our our fun weekend. It was fun to hang out in Naperville, have some on unreal uh, deep dish pizza. I don't oh, know yeah. what you Holy thought about crap. it, but that was Giordano's tasty. is my favorite. It is the best pizza I've ever had in my life. So good. Yeah, every but, time I go there, people are like, "Hey, you had Giordano's?" I was like, "No, no, no, I haven't had it yet." So it was good to get the opportunity to go and and have it and hang out with you and your dad that was tasty yeah it was good stuff good stuff and you 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 were doing the wedding but i got to uh to go into the city for the first time i'd never been to i've never been into the city in chicago and uh because my dad lives in just a suburb of the city so it was it was fun and interesting (laughs) at some points i know you heard some stories and i don't know how much i can tell uh you know because i'm not sure how much anchor wants me to you know say some of the weird stuff that i saw (laughs) but uh there are some interesting people in chicago let me tell you that and uh but it's a super cool city that navy pier is beautiful uh we went to chicago music exchange checked out a whole bunch of instruments a lot of instruments that that i can't afford but got to play anyway and uh we're asking one of the guys what's the most expensive guitar you got in the place he was like well right now we have a gibson es335 which is it, it almost kind of looks like and people might crucify me for this if you're a guitar nerd but it, it it has a similar look to like tom DeLong's, you know hollow body guitar that he uses now oh yeah so it's a gibson hollow body uh guitar but it's an old one i think it's like the uh, 70s or 60s and the price on it was $77,000. That's the most expensive guitar that they have right now. Wow. So that must have been original. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I was I was bummed because I, I didn't 
they didn't have it out. So he said, sometimes we have it in a display in a display case by the Gibson stuff. They had like a, a cool, it almost looked like a, you know, those old fortune teller for like a quarter things that you could oh, play yeah. and spit out a fortune. It almost looked like one of those, but without the fortune teller guy in there. And they just had like a display guitar in there. And everything in that place is for sale. Like all the vintage stuff, uh, there's brand new stuff. And like, you know, so it was super, it was super cool. They had a flying V in there at, at that point. That was like, I think like 9,500 bucks, which is expensive for a guitar. <laughs> I mean, uh, but the most expensive one I actually got to see, see was I think a PRS for, I think it was like 37,000. Oh, wow. So Yeah. So there's some expensive stuff in there, but it was a super cool store. I'm glad we went. Um, I'm excited to do, you know, kind of all the other Chicago, you know, stops the next time I go there, but I really wanted to, to hit up the music exchange for sure. But I'm, I'm bummed because their drum section isn't as big as I thought it would be. So I hope they expand that. It was just a lot of like new stuff that they had in there, like just stock kind of Ludwig kits and, you know, yeah so so nothing crazy but uh yeah in the future i'm hoping that they get more drum stuff in there when i go but oh nice yeah yeah other than that uh i guess that kind of is it <laughs> but yeah that was the uh the weekend that was a good time but uh let's get into let's get into the show here you had something yeah really pressing right off the bat and i'm very curious to know yeah. what this is because i have no idea it's not necessarily pressing, but it's, it's, it's a super huge thing because it's a, it's an issue. It touches on an issue that we feel strongly about and that we've talked about a lot on the show. So, um, there is a company called hypnosis and kind of the description that Google gives them is, uh, and I'll, I'll just read it direct. Um, so, you know, like when you do a Google search of like something, there's a right, like a, a box on the right side that basically gives like, a little description and then it says like you know a few like information points about them so i'm just reading directly from that so hypnosis songs fund is a british um guernsey uh registered music ip investment and song management company founded by merc merc mercriadis i think that's how you say that last name and niall rogers in 2018. Hmm. so basically it's a music investment company and we were just talking about them in class and one interesting thing that they're going to do and you and this will this will be inter I'm interested to hear your reaction is um their their thing is their catalogs people like musicians catalogs right so if you don't know what buying a catalog is a quick kind of overview is um we, we always talk about like bob dylan's catalog sold for 33 million or however much it's sold for right um that's basically you're buying all of his music right his whole discography everything that he he has and without getting too much into it that's kind of mm -hmm. what happens and then you own the rights to that so like you can make decisions about who gets to use it and whatnot. And so I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but basically hypnosis is trying to buy as many catalogs as they can. Like he's um, getting, you know, they're just raising money to buy catalogs and the tentative plan or, or, or what I was told the plan is, is that 
if they own enough, you know, enough music that they can kind of, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but basically they're, they're, they're trying to monopolize, not monopolize, but buy up a whole bunch of music so that they can go to Spotify and be like, Hey, Spotify. So we own all the rights to the music that you're, that you have on your site. So here's the deal. You either pay artists what we say, or we pull all of our music from Spotify. Wow. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> so okay. obviously this, this isn't something that can happen overnight, right? Because, you know, buying catalogs isn't necessarily like a quick thing. Like I can't just be like, yo, Sam, let me buy your catalog for five bucks. And you're like, okay. And then I give you a $5 bill, you know, like it's, it takes time, but well, that's more than it's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I mean, it's interesting because this could change how streaming works. Right. And I don't know if it'll be like, Oh, you have to pay them $6 per stream. Right. It's never going to be that. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, even, even double, right. Even double the amount of, say you pay them two times as much as you're paying as you're paying them per stream right now like that's a huge difference that's a massive difference and obviously it would be (laughs) there's always a, a better ideal but if they can if they can gain enough you know enough catalogs that like spotify really has to make that decision i i don't think spotify has a choice really you know because that if, if they own the catalogs of Drake and Kanye and, and Taylor Swift, for example, and hypnosis is like, yo, pay these guys, right. Or, or we're pulling it. And they're like, no, then they pull Spotify's biggest artists and Spotify loses a massive amount of revenue and Spotify dies. That's crazy. So there's like no choice. So, so that's, and that's like the tentative plan. Like it's not, you know, it's not set in stone or, you know, there's no like date that it's going to happen by, but I think that's, that's what it's sounding like the plan is. Interesting. Hypnosis is all about, you know, all about the songwriter. It's all about, you know, artists, which is super cool to finally have somebody that's huge in the business on our side damn it you know <laughs> but uh, yeah i don't know if you have any any other thoughts on it it's it, it, it's something new and granted i don't have all of the the facts on it um but yeah i don't know if you have any thoughts yeah i mean first reaction you always kind of hear this kind of uh uh this thought process because you know, I'm trying to think of a, like a good example off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, so much of the world is run by these major, major corporations, you know, like. Yeah. Dumb example, but like Volkswagen owns, you know, Audi and. Uh, now I'm blanking, so I looking an idiot. Um but like that's like a parent company. That's a smaller example. Like I think of like the like Pepsi, Pepsi company. Like they own so many different little things. Yeah. Same with you know Google owns a number of different tech companies. Isn't that like a conglomerate? Isn't that what that the word for that is? 
That sounds like a conglomerate company. I think I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, but you have, you know, probably like 10 of these major, major companies or corporations, whatever the word, and they own so much of what we use daily and what makes the world go round, as they say. And, you know, one person or, you know, a handful of people deciding to protest and be like, I'm not using your products. They don't give a flying F because who cares? We have 80 million people that use our stuff every other day. So, yeah, basically. Now, this is much smaller because I don't think Spotify is owned by like some parent company or. No, I don't think so. Maybe like investment people and has whatever but spotify is its own entity in this example and so you know we've been talking so much like how much we kind of want to just go away from spotify because of all these you know bad business practices and business decisions that they've been making because it just screws the artists and people that people like us people that we know people that we care about and um you want to so you get their fair share because this is legitimate business and it's not easy to do. Um, so again, like if you and I are just to up and dip, who cares? They still have 120 million active users or whatever. Yeah. Now, if yeah. this company comes in, this hypnosis and pulls out 50%, you know, like I guess a high estimate, 50%, even 25% of their customer base, that is a lot. That's 30 million people. 30 million times 10 bucks is yeah. uh, what? 300 million? Yeah, I'm not going to math, math, but right? that sounds right. Is that another zero? <laughs> I was going to say, you you, you were the one who took like through calculus 78 or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I use a calculator. <laughs> but anyways, you, you know what I mean? Like you take away 25% yeah. oh, sure. of the, the customers. That is a huge chunk. And yeah. you know what to say, money talks, but it really does. Yep. Plus when something is like, music is something you're so passionate about. Like I've said it time and time again, think of how many things music is in, in your daily life. You listen to commercial, you got music. You listen to Spotify, you got it. You watch uh, uh, movies. You walk mm-hmm. into a Starbucks, like all these things use music and a lot of them will use things like Spotify. So yep. if these artists are just up and out, customers are going to be like, well, F this, I need this stuff in my life to keep me going. Yeah. I'm out too. And so then it's really going to hurt the pocketbook for Spotify. And, you know, we'll make, in theory, I would think would, would make some change. And I'm sure hypnosis isn't going to come in and be like, okay, we want 80 bajillion dollars for our artists and, you know, give us the company basically they're just coming here to make basically they're just coming here to make a stand for what is right from what you said i mean it's still i guess in its infancy or you know on yeah starting up but that's the the principle behind it and i think that's that's perfect that's what we need we need people like that to to be a voice and if there's something you know that i can donate to or or help like spread the word about this, I'm going to jump on board and I'm just a Joe Schmo here in Indiana. Like think of how many other people are going to jump on board. Think of how many famous people are going to jump on board and have a much louder voice. And I think that's where, you know, you start to enact change, obviously when you have so many For people sure. doing that and 
the biggest driving factor is going to be the money, I would presume, because that's at the end of the day what these companies give a rat's ass about. So for sure. And I think they're publicly traded in the UK, but I don't know if it's in the US yet. But I mean, it could be could be soon that it's in the US, you know, and that's a company I would want to invest in because like, I feel like that's a pretty lucrative business looking at kind of their plan and stuff like that could that could make you some some dough. But um, really quick, um, I, I found this complex article. Um, and I'm just going to read a little bit from this. Um, basically, it's the, the question is, what does hypnosis do? Um, and the, the short of it is music publishing uh, companies buy catalogs from labels and oversee the way the intellectual property is used on television, films and the web, etc. Hypnosis wants to deal directly with artists that own their own masters because labels often gain control by preying on young artists desperate for cash advances and, le- and a legitimate record deal. So basically, I catch from artists um, because if they do that, it gives the artists um, the ability to make the decisions for themselves. Um, once they secure the contract, all royalties will be paid out to them, at which point, if the song is successful, the group's share price will rise and investors will cash in. Hmm. Essentially, Merc- Mercuriatus, whatever his last name is, I'm sorry, I'm butchering it, is <laughs> betting that songs are impervious to the market's fluctuations and that songs are forever. While most companies hire writers... Uh, to then collaborate with other artists in hopes of scoring some part of royalty or buying catalogs from labels, hypnosis is focused on managing songs that are already proven entities. But yeah, and then what makes hypnosis different is this says the reason why so many artists don't have their rights is that they have been seduced by the advance and therefore compromised on what they're doing. So, you know, you get that advance and you're willing to throw, you're willing to give anything because you just, like a small artist just wants the money, right? Like they just need money. Mm-hmm. So they get this big advance and they're willing to sign any damn, you know, uh, a record label's like, all right, I'm going to, we'll, we'll give you $500,000 just sign here. But what you don't know is that you're signing away like, all the rights to your music, you know? Mm-hmm. So like that five, after you get that $500,000 and you use that to, to, you know, book to, to pay the studio and to pay the artists to do album art and to get or use however you use your, your advance, right. From a, from a record label. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you could buy a chain, but uh, however you use that money, like once that money is gone, you're getting royalties and that's it. Like there's not, you know, because you signed everything away. And so, um, this discussion and debate has gained serious traction as artists like Kanye West and Megan Thee Stallion have spoken out against uh, the leverage labels use when offering artists rich advances in favor of masters or control. So basically they're saying Kanye West and Megan Thee Stallion are like, man, this sucks. These record labels are trash. I mean, these, these record deals are trash and hypnosis is like, yeah, we know we're going to help out with that. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. I, I just think like, it almost seems too good to be true, but like if they're making all these statements publicly and I can do a quick Google search and, and find out all this information, like they kind of have to follow through now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's at the point where like you've made the promises now and the public's not going to like let you 
be like, okay, we'll actually wait, you know? Yeah, I don't think so, you make multi-million dollar investments in these and this Merc guy without a, a plan there. Yeah, this Merc guy looks pretty uh pretty cool. So I, I think I think we're safe with him. You know. Oh, this guy like looks a, sweet. Yeah, he I looks like a badass so. mother trucker. Man on a mission. Yeah. But yeah, so um I I don't know. Like there's not, I guess there's not much more to say because we'll have to see how um how this all pans out because it's like I said, it, it's pretty small yet, um, at least in the US. But um yeah, it's you is the first UK investment company offering investors peer play. But yeah, so I I think they should probably be traded in the US at some point soon, which would be kind of cool. I might that might be a stock that I hop in on. Yeah. I'm not like a huge stock market guy but like if i see something i like i'll be like all right i'll throw a few bucks at that like dogecoin should have cashed <laughs> out when it was high <laughs> hey bitcoin but... just reached an all-time high today did it really yeah 65k dang yeah at one point i had 400 bucks worth of dogecoin that i that i spent ten dollars on and i should have cashed out but i was like no it's gonna go up it's gonna go up like the meme's gonna keep keep going meme's gonna keep going and then it didn't so I have, I'm just holding on to it now. It's not worth that much now. I know I should have, ca- I should have cashed out. And then if I would have cashed out, it'd been beautiful because then I have even more money to invest right now when it's low again, you know, and then you just freaking skyrocket that stuff, but whatever. I sound like a real, uh, real investor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Investing. I'm all purely investing in Dogecoin. That's it. You know, when it's meme cycle comes around and, and people buy it again, cause it's bound to come around again. I'm sure. You know, disclaimer, this is uh, not investment advice. No, this is not. No, this is terrible investment advice, actually. <laughs> if you want to lose money, I'm follow like, this, please. But I'm, I'm going to say I'm literally talking about Dogecoin right now. <laughs> like, there's no way that this is good advice. This is sound <laughs> advice at all. I put $10 into Dogecoin. And I'm like, well, I probably just lost $10, you know. <laughs> but like, at least, you know, and then, and then and then and then this stupid part was that I couldn't cash out when it was high. Well, lessons learned, you know? Yeah, whatever. But on this hypnosis thing, I guess like three quick things was one, this like follows like everything kind of we've been, you know, beating the drum about. Like it just kind of is like right up our alleys, which is cool. And that's why I wanted to bring it up and get like your your first reaction after I after I mentioned that. Yeah. And then uh the the second thing, you know, like if this does become publicly traded here and, and going off what he said there, you know, songs are forever. Like think of how much you still listen to. I'm just talking in generals here, like the Beatles or, uh, oh. I don't know, ACDC or, you know, whatever, like anything, so many yeah. artists like that you just listen to all the time. And like we said last week, uh, with, uh, UMG going public and the future of music, you know, all these different things are going to start pulling from music. It's just going to become all intertwined and all of our, all the entertainment worlds are just going to collide and you're going to need music for it. So that to me is like a no brainer, like having this music to own it and then use properly and pay your, your artists, your creators fairly is only just, just seems like a smart idea. And then the third thing I'm going to say is that 
also kind of piggyback what we said last week, talking about like predatory contracts and things like that. Like, yeah. Some people might think that, you know, you sign a contract, so you have to abide by it, whatever. And yes, you're right. But yeah, when yep. you, when you like work a normal job, you know, there's some sort of exchange. You know, you're putting in the time, they're paying you, and you kind of go on your way. Most people, I think, this is again, speaking in generalities here, but you know, you're not really tied to your work. That's not like who you are as like a person. That's not your personality, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Music is so personal that you're putting so much into this and you don't get a lot back. You know, you don't have insurance. You don't have a 401k plan. You don't have all these extra things that come with your normal job. Um, so you really are having to put yourself on the line here, betting on yourself essentially to try and make it so that when these companies just up and decides like, okay, we'll see you later. Like, it's almost like a, I mean, it is kind of a big F you to your face because when a company hires you in a normal job, you're typically protected by either like a union. If you're kind of in a trade or, you know, you have workers rights and, you know, HR, uh, kind of protects you in other rights as well. Like you're not going to get terminated from the job unless you, you know, commit something that goes against policy, whatever you have caused to oh, fire yeah. you and all that stuff. These guys can up and just terminate you whenever you want. And oh, by the way, you still owe us a ton of freaking money. In addition yeah. to you don't have any fallback options because you don't get 401k, you don't have insurance, like I said. So that's why yeah, things and- like this is so necessary. Yeah, and the other thing is, is it's not it's not like every deal that's ever been written is bad. Like in the record True. labels, and and we we kind of make it sound like this because in all reality, it it is kind of like this. But like what I've said before is, record labels are taking a gamble on you. No, they're not really gambling on you. They're taking they're in a sense taking you for a test drive, right? Like if it works, it works, and if it doesn't work the worst they do is break even. Mm -hmm. And so they're not gambling in a sense. They are, but like when you gamble, you can lose and they never will lose. They'll only break even at, at the worst, which, and it's, and then, and then it's just wasted time, you know, like I get that time is money and, and whatnot, whatever, but like they're not losing money. Whereas, you know, you are losing a lot of money and, there are some bad deals that have been signed, obviously. I mean, that's why we hear about them. Um, but there, there are also some some good deals, and there are some artists that are very happy with their with their record label. And I would venture to say that that's more focused independent labels rather than um, major record label deals. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a lot of the the bad deals that are signed are because artists are are down on their luck and they are just looking for any any sort of you know way to get out of you know being absolutely like dirt poor you know and so they see they see a big number as an advance and they're like oh man like i could you know i could spend this much on the studio and i could spend this much on the record and then i have this much left over to like you know pay off my car that i've been you know <laughs> i've been missing bills on my car you know like 
it's stuff like that. And they don't realize that that's not your money. You know, that's, they aren't just gifting you. Here's, you know, hundred thousand dollars to, to do with what you please. And you can do whatever you want with that money. I think there was, I don't remember who exactly it was. Um, but it was a, it was a major artist that took his, um, it wasn't Lenny Kravitz, uh, Purple Haze, Jimi Hendrix, I think, took his advance and went and bought a whole bunch of studio equipment and did, started doing records by himself, right? Like, like he had a whole, so he didn't have to pay a, a studio anymore, right? He, so that, I guess that's a smart way to use your advance, but like, once you have that money, you can do whatever you want with it, but you remember, you always have to pay it back, so... You know, there's, there's always that trade-off and that's why record deal record labels will never lose is because you have to pay that money back to them before you can even pull in a cent of profit. So, yeah. And I will say too, just to, to add on here at the end is that so many artists that are successful at any level too, they'll tell you, you know, asking about, you know, like career things and like that. aside from obviously making music and that whole conversation, all the money that they make is basically reinvested to the band or themselves and art as artists. It'll go yeah. into future tours. It'll go into paying their crews, uh, you know, buying a van, things like that. Uh, it's, it's really not being used for, for personal gain for the most part, because yeah. it's going right back into the music. The guy who invented, uh, or not invented, who started Patreon, uh, founded patreon he was in a band i read this story last year at some point and he was in a band at the time and they were very successful they were kind of uh you know they were not just like below bad sons but you know like hundred thousand monthly listeners you know would sell yeah. out to uh, clubs and some theaters in certain areas and uh you know they were they had this big break for this big tour to go on to to pretty much do all these bigger theaters and he was like, okay, and we got this tour going on. This will do great for us. It'll, you know, build us up, get us to where we need to go next. We're going to be super smart with our money. We're all going to conserve here. And, you know, had this huge plan of like, you know, this is our cap limit for spending. This is our projections. This is how much we have to, to sell merch and, and tickets to, you know, to go past and break even at least. And they followed all of that to a T, even, you know, cut some expenses where they could find on the tour, which, by the way, very exhausting to do all this yourself. Yep. In addition yep. to playing the show, of course. And at the end, they were in the hole like $20,000. Yeah. So. Yeah. And bands and or musicians in general, but, but, but bands, musicians, artists in general or uh, function as a business. You know what I mean? And so when you don't have other employees, like for say a manager or, you know, somebody to do your books um, or like, uh, you know, a person to go to find you shows, you know, like that's all stuff that you're doing by yourself. And so, you know, that's why when a company grows, you hire more employees because you have more work to do. Uh, and so you need more hands and more brains and, and more help. But 
some of these smaller artists are doing the same things, right? Like they're still booking shows. They're still, you know, figuring out merch and all that stuff, but they just don't have the manpower uh, to help, to help them with that. Whereas, you know, I just 21 pilots is just on my brain, but 21 pilots has a whole crew, right? Like they have merch people that take care of their merch, Tyler and Josh probably approve merch designs, I would think. And, and maybe have ideas and say, yep, that's good. But other people do all that work for them ordering or, you know, ordering however many they are projected to sell. Right. And, um, and making sure that they have people to sell them at the shows. Whereas in a small independent band, they design their merch themselves probably, and they buy it from a company themselves and they have to cart all that merch around themselves and uh, hire some or find somebody to sit at the merch booth probably for free because paying somebody is expensive and, Mm -hmm. and probably after shows are going to help sell merch at their own merch booth, which is a plus in itself, by the way, getting to meet your fans and making that personal connection. But that's beside the point. They're doing all that work themselves. They're running that business by themselves. And it's a smaller operation at that level, but it's still a lot to do. And I, but I feel like you become a well, oh, super well-rounded person by, by doing all that and understanding how it works. But yeah, like, like 21 pilots is an LLC. It's a company yep. that, you know, that signs, all the contracts and things like that. One, obviously, to protect themselves and and their people, but then also to operate as a business to do all that. And that's not our. It's not my expertise. I don't think it's yours either. Like all the business mm-hmm. legality side of things, but that's the thing. And then, like you said, for smaller artists, like you don't like sure you could form an LLC, but it's really just you know just extra paperwork and extra stuff you have to do you're sling that all yourselves like you go to a show how many times are you going to see someone with a van with like a trailer like a u-haul trailer that you know has all the merch in it and they're slinging it themselves like yeah it's just it's just so much that goes into it that you have to do yourselves and i don't know i feel like i'm talking in circles now but like you can kind of see as a listener here where or how much that you have to balance and yeah, do yourselves sure. and, and, and figure out you've got recorded side of things. You got the touring, you've got the business, the marketing, cultivating fans. I mean, I could list a, a number of other things on top of then you are also a human that has human things to deal with as well. Yep. And, and I guess to tie it, tie it back, like that's why some people sign bad deals, right? because they're like, I need help. Like, I can't run this. I, I can't run this business anymore by myself. I need money to help me run the business. I need people to help me run the business. I need, you know, somebody to take some of this workload off me because at the end of the day, you're not just doing the whole business side of it. You have to write songs and you have to record songs and you, you know, like, and you have to, it's everything. You have to be the one to play the shows as well. So just because you know you're doing it all by yourself doesn't mean oh yeah it's just all the business stuff no you're still the artist as well and you still have all the same artist responsibilities along with that so that's right yeah wild stuff so yeah hopefully as a listener you kind of get a a grasp of i think we try and do that every so often just give some perspective on 
on what it's like because it's not uh, it's not easy and you know like every job is going to have its challenges of course but for this one where you know you're making art yes that is very personal and there's a lot of emotion and experience and things tied to that mm-hmm. but if you're working your normal nine to five you know you you clock in you do your time and you get out you know yep and it's not to diminish you know normal nine to five of course but you can see how there's some disparities there and it's just uh you know pay your artists buy a ticket to a show if you feel comfortable buy merch buy some merch buy some vinyl records because those are cool you know just little yeah. things like that for sure for sure but, um really quick before we get into the next one i just want to say i recently you had mentioned something like you had seen tyler facetiming his daughter on on tour and i think i probably watched the same video as you <laughs> that is the most adorable and like heart-wrenching but yet amazing thing ever yeah his daughter is is beyond cute and adorable and just that's like oh it's just like maybe my heart melt <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah there's there's a video floating around online where Tyler, the the front man from Twenty One Pilots. I, I've also been getting a lot of Twenty One Pilots suggestion suggestions on, you know, social media and YouTube because I think you know your phone listens to you, and I know, I know your phone listens to you all the time. Welcome. But, so that's just weird, but <laughs> welcome to uh, our world. <laughs> but um, he, there's a video of him FaceTiming his daughter as they're doing sound check. And, you know, obviously he's out on tour, so he's away from his family for a long time. How long is this tour? And this is a short one, you know? This tour is like, what? Uh, Two months. I was going to say, yeah, like eight weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks, Mm -hmm. probably close to that. And he was playing Formidable on Ukulele, which, by the way, I think had my eyes sweating a little bit when when they played it at the show. But... Um, and I don't know. It's just such a, like a heartwarming, heartwarming thing. Seeing that. So yeah, I, I watched the, uh, last, uh, winter they did a, a live stream event that was half partnered with, uh, there was a Chipotle Fortnite tournament <laughs> that he was invited to play in. Uh, but then the other half was to, you know, have an event in COVID and, somewhat connect with fans as, as best as they could. And he had his, uh, I, I watched it again today. I had off work today, so I watched it again. And uh, his daughter came in at one point and it's just, it's just so cool to see him like as a dad. It sounds so weird to say as like a fan, but like, you know, I've been following him for a long time, you know? Yeah. So you've seen him go from. I saw when him and his artist. wife were dating to engaged, married to now they have a child expecting another. And it was just so cool yeah. to see him like uh just like like so happy like being a dad and like just loving that you could like visibly see it on his face it didn't feel like uh what what's the word for not genuine <laughs> disingenuous or whatever I don't know what the word but you get it yeah but yeah I mean they were just doing you know like just cute like baby father stuff you know what I mean so just heartwarming yeah you should send me that video I haven't seen that yeah, I will. 
It's good. But uh, yeah, he's also cool. pretty good at Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I mean, I've seen. I, I know he he did live stream. He did a a, a good amount of live streaming, right? What during I don't think COVID? He streamed no, but he did. Uh, before COVID, they were playing Lollapalooza headlining, and he played with Ninja on stage. Oh, okay, okay. Stuff like that, but yeah, he's he's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> Heck yeah, and yeah, maybe it was just I knew he like played Fortnite. Maybe it was just because, or maybe he was like on a stream playing with somebody on a stream. He did I do that like once or twice with yeah with someone with some streamer. I forget. Maybe it even yeah. was Ninja. I could. I don't know. Yeah, but interesting, cool stuff. Yeah.